Good morning. Love Talk Radio. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to House of Gospel Block Talk Radio. We are beginning our live broadcast this morning. The National Association of Black Defenders live conference called in with law officers Jonathan L. Jacobson, lawyers out of Florida, dealing with uh, bankruptcy, debt defense, probate, uh, foreclosures, all things dealing with housing plus. Is this Attorney Jacobson on the line or is this uh, somebody else? Four four two seven one five one three seven. Okay, all right. If you just want to listen, that's good too. Uh, Attorney Jacobson will be joining us here shortly on House of Gospel Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from two thirty one Sixth Avenue. We are going to be talking about um, foreclosures and all those kind of things. How to avoid repossession. Communicate with your lenders as soon as you think you might have missed a car payment or house payment. Reach out to your lenders, discuss your options, refinance your loan, reinstate the loan, sell the car yourself, surrender the vehicle voluntarily, or surrender the house voluntarily, whatever the problem is that you're dealing with to avoid repossession. Uh, all kind of questions in regards to uh, uh, legal possessions and things. That, how about payday loans? How are they covered by bankruptcy? Is Social Security considered income? in the bankruptcy, avoid tax discharges and bankruptcies, all kinds of information here that uh, we'll be talking to the attorney about. That's the questions that you ask the questions, and Dr. Attorney Jacobson will do the answering. Uh, Jacobson is out of uh, Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, you can reach him at uh, 561-812-3721. Uh, R305-975-4322. This would be his uh, second program of coming on, uh, talking with us about uh, legal matters. And I I got 305 calling in right now. That's Attorney Jacobson. Uh, We're going to go ahead and open up the line for 402-271-5137 in case they want to talk. This is Attorney Jacobson. Good morning, Attorney Jacobson. Good morning. Welcome. How are you, Mr. Howard? Thank good morning. You. All right. we, good morning. We are just now starting. It is absolutely great here in Alabama with the weather. A little bit nippy, but it's good. How's the weather there in Florida? Beautiful, beautiful. It's uh, like in the mid-60s right now when, uh, you know, getting up to 70. So the weather's perfect today. I wish we were not at work, you know. I wish we were uh, having a day off, but. We gotta, you know, we have to we have to give people information, and we gotta pay the bills, right? Yeah, you know the deal. Okay, uh, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. I already did it one time, but you go ahead and do it for yourself this time. Go ahead. You got the mic and you got the flow. We uh, got Doctor McCarvey on, and we got another guest on at four four two seven one five one three seven, and they can talk if they want to. But uh, you got the flow, uh, uh, Tony Jacobson. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is uh, Attorney Jonathan Jacobson. My office is down in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, but I service the whole state of Florida. I, you know, predominantly deal with uh, foreclosure defense, uh, debt defense. Uh, I deal with evictions, uh, both on the landlord and tenant side. 
I also do some probate law, helping people with getting their affairs in order uh, when it comes to making sure that you have a, la- uh, a last will and testament, a living will, a designation of a health care surrogate, and uh, a durable power of attorney. I'll get into that a little bit more in detail on today's show. Uh, but if you need to get in touch with me, uh, my direct office number is 561-812-3721. And also, I'm always answering my cell phone, which is 305-975-4322. Again, my email address is uh, jijlawllc at gmail.com. One more time, jijlaw. LLC at gmail.com. The last time I was on the show, we, we, we kind of gave a we gave a an update as to what was going on with the foreclosure and eviction moratoriums. Since then, uh, the uh, released the the first release uh, bill prior to um, 2021 provided some uh, more uh, credits and, and payments of uh, assistance to. Um, to people in need. It also extended moratoriums until the end of uh, uh, February. But since then, um, since uh, uh, President Biden has taken office, uh, there's been some executive orders that have been signed that have increased the uh, eviction moratorium through the end of March. Uh, those are for, for all uh, uh, types of evictions that are out there that are due to uh, non-payment of rent due to uh, loss of income due to COVID-19. Uh, it doesn't include other reasons. Uh, you, you know, there's a possibility of getting evicted for other reasons, but at least if you're struggling financially, it gave you the ability to go and download and, and sign um, a CDC declaration that basically had parameters in, in it saying that you swear under penalty of perjury that, um, that you can't afford your rent that you've tried to seek out government help or local help to try to pay rent, that you've contacted your landlord. So there are certain steps within there. But basically, if you file a CDC affidavit, and obviously you want to be truthful and, and file it, but if you do it, it puts a stay on the eviction until the moratorium's over. So you still owe the rent. You still owe the, the back pay. You should still be trying to communicate with your landlord. And, and, you know, as as I said previously, if you're unemployed and getting the unemployment and enhanced unemployment from the federal government, make sure you use it for the proper reasons. You put some money away, you show good faith to the landlord by giving them a portion of it. And that way, you know, you can continue a good faith relationship and show uh, that you're trying to work things out. And also you're, you're minimizing your liability at the end of the moratorium where everything will be coming due. So as of right now, that moratorium was extended until the end of March. There are, um, there are rumblings out there that the eviction moratorium may not be extended. However, on the foreclosure end, um, President Biden, his, um, his um, administration have extended the foreclosure moratorium on uh, federally backed loans until the end of June. And they also give people an opportunity to apply for forbearances with their servicers or their lenders. Um, and you can get up to a, a year to, um, I think, 18 months, but for sure a year where your loan would be placed in forbearance 
um, before you have to make a payment. And there's also servicers out there that are taking the amount that you're due that you that you would be having to pay at the end of the forbearance and taking that amount and tacking it onto the end of the loan so you don't get hit with 12 months of mortgage payments due at the end of June or beginning of July, for example. So my biggest uh, piece of advice to anybody is if you find yourself in a situation where you're unable to pay your mortgage or your rent, you pick up the phone and, and you communicate with either your landlord and or your, your loan servicer. By hiding and being silent and ignoring phone calls and ignoring written notices, you put yourself at such a disadvantage to even be able to try to dig yourself out of a hole. Um, and and, and I'll, let me get into that a little bit more. So if you are a tenant in Florida and you are served with an eviction complaint and summons, the summons on the complaint will tell you that you have five days from the date of service, doesn't include weekends, so you know, so you can have a little bit more time if you're kind of if you're served on a Friday, and have five days from there, you would count until the next Thursday or Friday. But you have to do one of two things: you have to put money in the court's registry, and you have, or you have to move um, for a motion to determine rent. If you don't do either of those things. So, for example, let's say you, the landlord says in their complaint that you owe $2,000, but you think you owe $1,000. You still must go to the courthouse and put the 1000 you believe you owe in the court's registry. And you have to write a motion to the court that, you know, the rent that they're requesting is, is wrong. I'm, I also, I'm unable to make the payments if it's COVID-related due to covid and, and file the CDC declaration with the court and serve it on your landlord. If you don't do that within the first five days, the, the first part of putting money in the registry or filing a motion, you basically waive all your defenses to eviction. So you, you don't have the ability to contest anything in the eviction other than payment of the rent. So it's always good to either contact my office or to, to file something if you're, you're going to try to do it on your own. Uh, but, again, I offer free consultations to try to, you know, give you a little guidance up front before it becomes, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, an expenditure of yours to hire me. But the, the main thing is, is you just want to answer complaints. You want to answer uh, landlord requests. Uh, you have to – knowledge is power. Uh, you know, we always talk about this on the show, and, you know, uh, responding to certain things will also give you knowledge as to what the other side really wants. Are, are they looking to just get you out of the apartment? Are they looking to uh, get you out and seek damages? So there, there's various things uh, that you need to consider if you're served with uh, an eviction complaint. But on the other hand, if a landlord is doing you wrong, I mean, trying to turn off the electricity, trying to change the locks, trying to threaten you, coming to your door and knocking on your door and demanding rent, that's illegal, okay? So if you feel that you're being threatened, if you're being constantly harassed, then you need to do something about it because you have rights also. Uh, Florida Statute um, 83 deals with uh, residential tenancies and kind of lays out the rights and obligations of both the landlord and the tenant. 
Um, sometimes it's tough to interpret. Sometimes you need someone like me um, or, you know, to interpret it for you. But it basically lays out what a landlord can't do, you know, and a landlord cannot throw you out and threaten you or they can be subjected to damages for doing that. So as you communicate with your landlord or if they try to harass you or, or place you in a, in, a, in a difficult position, make sure you document anything that's go on, that goes on. Make sure you get things in writing. I mean, as simple as keeping your own diary and writing down, you know, the events that transpired during your tenancy. Um, but, again, you also have to be aware that if you're under a written lease, the lease will dictate how you're supposed to notice your landlord and vice versa. If you're a landlord, which I also represent landlords, they have to put the tenant on notice based upon either statutory language in Florida Statute 83 or the statutory or the contract language. So every lease has a notice uh, paragraph in it, or if it doesn't, it should. Uh, the lease would be a poor lease if it didn't. But if you're outside the term of the lease and now you're on a week-to-week, a month-to-month, however you had it arranged when you were under a written lease, then you go to the statute and see what type of notice is required, okay? So it's important to make sure that if you're having issues, electricity is not working, um, you know, if there's other issues with the apartment, if there's, you know, a pest infestation, uh, if there's water leaks, you have to contact your landlord. Obviously, if it's an emergency, you contact them immediately. But if it's something that they haven't responded to, you need to put it in writing to make sure you have that information if it turns into something more down the road. Okay, so now let's turn to some foreclosure-related uh, information. Um, and with foreclosures, the filings of foreclosures have dramatically decreased. But that's not to say that they're not coming, okay? So um, do I think it's as bad as 2008, 2009 when the housing market crashed? We really don't know yet. We don't think it is. The experts don't think it is. But, however, there are many people out there who have not paid their mortgage. Uh, They're in default that their lender or servicer is not proceeding because they're under, you know, um, the law to not do so, depending on the type of loan you have. So that's not saying that once the forbearance or moratorium is over, that we're not going to see a flood of foreclosures. Now, lenders and servicers would rather have performing loans and would rather work with people rather than spend all the money to foreclose on you. But sometimes, excuse me, it's inevitable that it ends in foreclosure. So if you find yourself headed towards foreclosure or if you're in default, um, the servicer has to give you from the date of default they usually don't sue you um, be, between 90 and 120 days before they file suit. I think it's 120 days off the top of my head. Uh, but in that period of time, you're, you're going to begin bombarded with letters. Do you want to try loss mitigation? Do you want to try, um, you know, uh, a deed in lieu? Do you want to try other uh, loss mitigation options other than going into foreclosure to see if they can help you either modify the loan do a deed in lieu, um, you know, see if you uh, are interested in hiring somebody to do a short sale for you and making an offer to the lender or servicer. So those are all options because, you know, even if your credit is hurt because of non-payment of mortgage, uh, you know, and, and bills, uh, once a foreclosure hits your record also, uh, you know, a public court case following you, the, your credit gets hurt even further. 
So if you can avoid that, uh, you know, and avoid having the world after your residence, it's helpful. So if you have a, you know, if you have a loss mitigation option, you need to look at it. Now, dealing with the services, servicers can be cumbersome and it could be time consuming. But again, we're dealing with your, your whether it's your dream house, whether it's a house that you bought to, to house your, your family. So this is extremely important. I mean, you know, usually mortgages or houses are the most important thing to a family to try to keep a, a roof over people's heads. So you should always try to uh, apply for loss mitigation if you can, you know, whether it's reaching out to the community to see if they can help you. Uh, there are a lot of programs now, especially with COVID, to try to catch you up on your mortgage that uh, you need to look into. Don't just uh, ignore uh, the fact that you're in debt and give up because you're, you're not alone and, you know, and there's associations out there to help you. And even, you know, the, the National Association of Black Defenders, if you contact them, they'll try to find you help and assistance in trying to get you back on track. I mean, no one can promise you everything, but they will promise that they're going to help and not, uh, and not turn their back on you, and neither would I. So, if you decide to deal with the servicer and go down the road of a modification or other type of loss mitigation, it's your duty to contact them and follow them up. You need to drive them crazy. And what I mean by that is you don't apply and just sit back and hopefully you hear from somebody in a month or two. You call them every week for a status. You call them and see if there's missing documents. You call them and see, you know, how far along are they? You know, um, Obviously, servicers sometimes have thousands of these coming in, but they do have a certain timeline that they need to respond to. So document every call. Document uh, what they told you. Document who, uh, who you spoke to. Uh, and and kind of keep a record that, you know, if you're sued in foreclosure, but there's a legitimate defense that, you know, you were in the middle of loss mitigation, uh, that, you know, they've done something wrong that could turn into a defense for you, you just want to be educated about what you need to do and keep records of what you do. I know sometimes it can be a pain to do so, but in the end it just helps you. And it also allows you to look at the paper when, you know, times are tough and say, listen, I've gave this 110%. There's no other option. I need to figure out my next steps. But you can see that you actually put sweat equity into trying to save your residents rather, rather than just kind of hide from the reality of the possibility that you'll be sued um, and possibly have to relocate your family. Now, the court system moves slowly, okay? And from that standpoint, like, for example, in the 2008-2009 uh, mortgage debacle, court cases were taking two, three, four, five years to finalize because attorneys were had legitimate defenses or were just, as they call it, filing paper uh, with the court uh, you know, uh, attacking the complaint, attacking the evidence, and buying their home, their client's time in order to try to get them back on their feet or try to work something out with the lender and servicer. So just because you're sued in foreclosure, if you answer, you take affirmative action to do something, you will buy yourself time. If you don't and um, – and you don't respond to the complaint within 20 days or hire me to do it for you uh, or hire counsel, uh, you know, that you trust uh, in your area you dealt with in the past. Uh, it's not just about me. It's about help overall. 
I mean, I have experience in this. I, I, I worked for the other side for many years, so I kind of understand how the other side thinks. I, I have some insight. I understand the type of hurdles that they may have. So if you find yourself being served with foreclosure within those 20 days, make sure you either file something or you contact me um, or someone else that, that it, it, you, you need to speak to about what your options are. You know, if you can't afford counsel, you know, obviously there's always legal aid, uh, you know, and they're very helpful. So just don't give up, you know, uh, fight for your house, fight for your family, stay in the house. And, and um, there are options uh, to buy you time to get you back on your feet. So, um, like I said, with foreclosures, the moratorium has been extended till June, uh, and it may go further. Uh, there is a new COVID-19 bill, uh, the 1.9 trillion uh, uh, billion. I'm sorry, billion. Uh, no, it's 1.9 trillion dollars that includes additional uh, unemployment assistance uh, from the federal government that will probably go through, uh, I believe, September 2021. So if you can get that assistance to help pay your bills, uh, no one should be treating it as free money to not pay your obligations, you really, and most people don't. But what I'm saying is if you're getting that help, make sure that you're putting it toward paying necessary bills. Now, I don't want to preach to anybody. I'm just saying just from experience, I see people who get, you know, you know, money from the government or get these stimulus checks, and it looks like we're getting, you know, there's going to be another flood of uh, stimulus checks of, uh, you know, $1,400 per individual and potentially $5,600 for a family of four. That's a substantial amount of money to possibly get you either out of a, uh, an eviction potential debacle or a foreclosure, uh, you know, a debacle. So use that money smartly. Obviously, you have to, to pay the bills and put food on the table, but don't just think that, you know, if somebody hasn't knocked on your door or has somebody hasn't served you with a lawsuit that it's not coming, and see if we can use some of that money to show good faith, goodwill, that you really do want to pay your bills. And, and for the most part, I would say 99% of people out there want to pay their bills and, and want to, you know, do right for, for what they get. Some people strategically pay, play the system. Uh, but for the most part, just use those funds smartly or, or kind, of, kind of look at your options as to what you can do. So that's, that's, that's kind of my conversation about eviction and foreclosure. Does, does anybody have any questions on that? Does it apply to anybody that rents? Yeah, I mean that's uh, the eviction. That's uh, the eviction it's piece eviction where. Uh, okay, good enough. Okay. Yeah, eviction has All to right. do with yeah. rent and uh, and um, you know. Uh, give me one mortgages. second here because I want to. Yeah, uh, both mortgages and uh, eviction, landlord tenant issues, um, and uh, let's see here. Okay, so I wanted to. Uh, to also talk to you guys about, um, I know that, you know, it's, it's difficult to think that much in the future when uh, things are difficult. But if you're in your position, this show is not only about um, foreclosure and eviction and, and being, you know, a, a downer about that only. It's also about information regarding uh, uh, another subject that is important and to keep in mind. If you and a loved one or you have elderly members of your family um, uh, or just in general someone's sick or you need to start thinking about 
planning for the future and thinking about, you know, probate and some of the options you have within probate. You know, so everybody should have um, certain documents that they need um, in case, you know, unfortunately accidents happen or natural causes you pass on to, uh, to heaven. That you need certain things in place to make sure that what you worked for your whole life uh, and your assets are uh, properly passed on to your heirs or beneficiaries. And if you, you know, unfortunately move on to heaven without a will, it's difficult, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's difficult to, it, it creates more ambiguity going into court if you die without a will or if you do with. You know, I mean, there's different types of, uh, you know, long-term planning, whether it's using a will, whether it's using a trust. But basically, most people, you know, um, unless you have uh, substantial assets, kind of use a, a last will and testament to kind of lay out what they want to leave to their spouse or to their missing others or, or children. So it's always good to have something in writing that memorializes your wishes. So again, if you if you if you need help with that, if you need questions, if you need to understand exactly what document any document is, reach out to me. Again, I will explain it to you. Uh, but just so you know, um, kind of the four documents that I usually talk about are the first one is the last will and testament, and kind of lays out what will happen uh, when, when you die, and, and what will happen on who you're going to uh, leave things with, and who you're going to have handle your estate. So in that document, you kind of nominate who your personal representative will be and who will handle your affairs and hire the people they need to hire to help you settle your, your debts, your estates, hire an attorney to probate the will, et cetera. So it's always good to have that in writing so you can have somebody you trust uh, handle your affairs. Um, you know, a living will is also very important to have, and it talks about um, – you know, your, your, your medical treatment desires of when you're not able to, uh, um, when you're not able to, to, you're in a vegetative state or you're in a terminal condition and you can't tell somebody, you know, I don't want to be on life support, you know. So if you don't want to be kept on artificial means of life, uh, you know, uh, you can have a document that says this is what I want to do if this happens, okay, uh, you know. Another thing is called the designation of health surrogate, which means you're incapacitated and, and can't make medical decisions, but you're not in a terminal state. Like, you're not, you're not in a vegetative state. You're going to come out of it, but you're just not out of it yet and need somebody to make a decision for you. So it helps your family members and it helps the health facility know who is there to make a decision on your behalf. The last document that I usually discuss with people is called the durable power of attorney. Now, um, there's ad- advantages and disadvantages to a durable power of attorney. A durable power of attorney gives somebody else the ability to handle your financial affairs or any other things that you want to give them the ability to put, uh, to give them authority to do in, in case you can't do it. So sometimes, let me give you examples of, of good reasons for durable power of attorney. You're at work and you can't sign a document for a mortgage or a contract. You want your wife to go there on your behalf and sign on your behalf. You can bring a durable power of attorney. If you are elderly and you want somebody to deal with paying your uh, home care or, you know, the doctors or your utilities uh, and you want them to be able to be uh, able to do that, 
you know, they, they can do that with a durable power of attorney on your behalf. The one thing with a durable power of attorney that people need to be aware of is that once you give somebody that power, uh, some people may take advantage of that power and break the law. So you really, when you give somebody a power of attorney, you have to make sure you trust them. Uh, and, and obviously, most people give it to somebody trustworthy, you know, but just be aware that, uh, you know, with a power of attorney on financial affairs or, or being able to access, uh, you know, your bank accounts or your, your, your stocks and bonds, uh, you just have to be aware that they can do that, uh, you know, with a durable power of attorney. So you just have to make sure you, you, you the document that's drafted for you, if you do that, is tailored to what you're allowing and not allowing. Obviously, somebody can't go there and, and break the law and they can be held responsible. But by the time you get to that, you know, there, there could be some misappropriated assets. And, again, I, I just I always like to cover all good and bad bases so people know what they're signing. And, again, you can call my office. Um, you can read up more about it and kind of understand the decisions you're making and their implications. But those are all always, always important to have. You always want to have, make, make sure that your affairs are in place. Uh, for both you and your spouse or, you know, um, you know, telling other family members, whether it's your parents uh, or, or, you know, and informing them that they need to do it. It's not, it, it's, it could be a tough conversation, but in the end when you explain it or you have me explain it for you, they understand the value of doing it and, 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 and for the long term, okay? Now, when it comes to probate, there are certain assets that, get included in the probate, um, a court file, and there's other assets that can bypass probate. So, for example, if you have a life insurance policy and you have a beneficiary on that, then, um, you know, that life insurance money would stay out of probate and the estate and would go directly to that beneficiary. So, um, you know, if you, if you do have a life insurance policy, make sure that your beneficiaries are updated and that you have, uh, you know, a beneficiary uh, designated so it stays out of probate. Another thing, um, you know, if you have bank accounts that are, you know, jointly owned uh, or, you know, the authority is given to a mother and daughter, uh, if the mother passes on, the daughter gets to get, the, you know, the, the account without having to go through probate because the account is in both their names. Um, you know, uh, retirement accounts. So if there's beneficiary in a retirement account, you want to, you know, some retirement accounts like IRAs or other, uh, you know, uh, pension beneficiaries. I mean, I'm talking generally. So, you know, there's always caveats to everything. But in general, if you have a beneficiary for certain assets that pass upon your death, they may not have to be included in your probate estate and may get the funds to people quicker once you pass and or make it cheaper for you in probate when you hire counsel and, you know, they charge you for fees related based on, you know, what you have in your estate and the amount of your estate. Again, those are things that, you know, you can call me and we can discuss um, individually if you need to. Um, does anybody have any questions on any of that? No. Okay, I got one in all right, go ahead, go ahead. I'll call it. Somebody start talking first. Go ahead. Well, I got one in regards to, uh, say, for instance, you, you pass, and uh, most of the time, well, not most of the time, a lot of time you hear about when folks uh, die, all hell break loose against uh, with the family members. 
about this and that and other. Who wants this? Who's going to get that? To eliminate all that, that's how you, you a, a will takes care of all of that, right? Legally. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. The will is uh, you put together a will, but then if there's certain items or things that you want to go to a specific person, you can attach an exhibit or schedule that that directly tells people what they're going to get for what, okay? And if you do a will and your mind changes while you're still alive, you can always change the will. You can always amend the will. You can always do what's called the codicil to the will, and you can change how you want to distribute things. You know, if you, if you had it going to, you know, uh, you need to change your will, for example, if, if, you know, if certain things happen in the family dynamic. So just because you have a will doesn't mean that you can't go back while you're alive. And just give you a starting point right. that at this point in time that you Okay. Another thing, uh, uh, I've, I've, heard, I've heard that when people die, some people die and uh, they say he had this or she had this. But uh, the family didn't end up with nothing. Okay, if you got if you die and you still got people that you owe, um, I've heard the term the vultures. What really ain't the vultures is the folks that you owe. They can come in and get when they when you probate your uh, will or whatever. They can come in and get what they you owe them. Explain that. Okay, so so basically, uh, when you pass the financial estate. Um, you know, but if there's other bills or, or, or um, liabilities out there uh, in the probate system, you have to do, you have to publish the person's death in a, in a public uh, uh, newspaper or uh, other type of uh, publication that lets the world know. Uh, you know, and usually you have to use an approved uh, newspaper, whether it's uh, you know uh, the Daily Business Review, the you know a, a local newspaper where they died. Where you know if it searches the public records, a creditor has a certain amount of time to make a claim against the estate, and uh, you know then the estate is settled by the personal representative and/or by the court if they come, can't come to an agreement. But you need to uh, part of probate. You do have to deal with the creditors. Um, you know you do have to if if the funeral bill or the any of those bills have not been paid. They usually are given, you know, a first bite to, to be able to pay them. Um, and then after that, it kind of goes to uh, to looking at creditors and what's in the estate and what can be settled. Um, there's a lot of times where creditors will settle with people, um, you know, once, they're, once they're, they're dead and there's an estate there that has multiple creditors fighting for it, you know. Okay. So that, that's how it kind of works. You have to put uh, all the creditors on notice, and if you know of any creditors and, and there were outstanding balances, you contact them, or if there's any bills in the mail that come, you try to settle those to to make probate go faster if possible. Okay. All right, I, uh, I got one more question. Uh, sure. When we were coming up, uh, that was a, a, a man that owned a lot of stuff, and um, and then he was getting uh, free commodities and different stuff like that. So the question was asked, I thought you had this and you had all of that. But what he had did is what I ran into when my, uh, when my uh, aunt and her son passed. Uh, I happened to have a, uh, an attorney that was dealing with it. 
uh, where like usually if they have a nursing home or they in a nursing home, the government pays for everything. But anyway, he told me, the banker first told me, he says, hey, did you check your aunt's uh, amount in the bank? I said, no, I never checked it. And I had been handling her business for years. And she told me, he said, look, when you if you don't do something, when you aren't passed, the government going to get all of this. And I happen to have somebody in that department that could handle that, that worked it out to where we were able to get some of her possessions before she died. Otherwise, the government would have got all of it. Tell me how to, why is that and how does I mean, the government There's a lot of different like there's, there's there's different types of estate planning tools, and there's there's different types. It also depends on the state you reside in, um, but there there are certain um, two. Uh, it's too extensive to discuss on on the show, but it basically right. you know there's certain steps you can take to um, you know put assets in and trust or different names or individuals, um, you know, to where you While can you potentially plant. Uh, that you that you can plan in the future to see whether you know what would be determined in order for uh, what help you could get from the government or from other uh, entities, you know, if, if she had to go a, and uh, go into a long-term facility and, and and get assistance from the government, depending on what assets she had or didn't. Uh, but it's it's too it's too it's too um, it's too expensive to discuss. Uh, in full about, you know, all the different options that people have and the state planning they have. So I, I don't, I, you know, I'd rather discuss that more in a, in a private setting. Yeah, okay, I got you. All right. But the, the main thing is uh, while you are living and you're in your right mind, you put your possessions in somebody else's hand before you leave him because if you don't yeah i see what you got i got that. i mean i mean oh, i mean you can create there's different trusts you can create and and you know um that could be a whole show in itself but it's also kind of you know but you can create trust you can do revocable trust where you're the you're the trustee of the trust so all your assets go into the trust but you control the assets within the trust you know and and then once you you pass or or you have other types of trusts out there you can uh you have a trustee deal with the assets as your wishes are in the trust. Uh, so there's ways, okay. there, there's a state planning ways of putting things in di- different entities to um, to kind of take them out of your direct name. You know, um, I'm trying to think of some other, uh, it, does anybody have any other questions regarding any foreclosure, eviction, or debt defense? Remember, if you're, if you're when it comes to debts, you need to be properly noticed, Um you can't have debt collectors harassing you and calling you at all times of the night. Um, you know, again, document that. You're feeling you're being harassed by a debt collector or they're threatening you. Uh, that's illegal. So if that happens and you find yourself that somebody's calling you every half hour or four times a day and saying, if not, you know, someone's going to come take your stuff, they can't do that. So that's against the law. So you need to really also be aware of that. And, you know, if you find that uh, someone's doing that, document it and call me. Um, um, just again, for my information, um, again, it's the law offices of Jonathan I. Jacobson. I'm based in West Palm Beach, but I handle the whole state. I have cases all over the state that I handle. Um, and uh, my office number is 561 812 3721. 
and my cell phone is 305-975-4322. My email is jijlawllc at gmail.com. Just call me for a free consultation. I do honor that. I do give you time. You know, my wife always says I give more time than I should, but I care. And she cares too, but she understands that, uh, you know, well, also my time is valuable. But I always try to steer you in the right direction. Or potentially you hire me and I help you through a difficult situation. Um, but, again, the worst thing you can do is not try to get information, whether it's on your own or whether talking to me or talking to some entity that may be able to help you um, figure a difficult situation out. Mm-hmm. Any other questions Thanks. out there? Any more questions, guys? Uh, uh, Michael, you still you still own? Uh, give them a little bit of information about the National National Association of Black Defenders, real quick. Uh, for John, uh, Attorney Jacobson closes out. Go ahead and tell them a little bit about the National Association of Black Defenders and what all type oh, programs. Oh. They offer. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. First of all, we want to thank Attorney Jacobson for being on the air with us and sharing his knowledge of the law and what he has uh, run across in this new uh, pandemic uh, situation and how that uh, th- those laws affect all of us uh, through the pandemic. So uh, we appreciate him for, for bringing it out. Uh, the National Association of Black Defenders is a rights organization, human rights slash human rights organization on uh, not only the struggle, but also on how we as a people uh, need to come together and uh, uh, face issues together. Uh, We do a lot when it comes to economic and social justice. We do a lot when it comes to the impact of race relations. Uh, we do a lot when it comes to even uh, right now we, we, we got uh, a, a case in certain cities that we're dealing basically with uh, the courtroom, the court system. You know, a lot of people, uh, I want to say myself and, and for the public, 85% of us, we suffer on the, uh, uh, the, the system because we just don't know. We don't know. So, so, and and, and that's why this this show with uh, Mr. Attorney uh, Jacobson is so important because we don't know, you know, and we need this type of information to go uh, actually uh, every day, you know, because there's a lot of things within our judicial system that we don't know, that we're afraid to ask questions about, that we don't want to look at. But this is what's going to get us to the next level uh, in our life, and we need to pay close attention to it, you know. So uh, the National Association of Black Defenders, uh, we're a nonprofit, 5163 organization, and uh, we, we, we don't charge for people to come on the show. We don't uh, charge for events. But we do ask the public if they want to donate to the National Association of Black Defenders. Uh, we do have a PayPal account that you can donate to, and all it is is our email and go to PayPal. That's the easy way. We, we, we had another company, but this is the easy way to donate to the uh, National Association of Black Defenders. 
just go to PayPal and uh, uh, donate to the show, and uh, we will we will continue to have great people like Mr. Uh, Attorney Jonathan Jacobson. Uh, we had a great health care show in the month of February. Uh, we had uh, with uh, Miss Linda Hamilton and her team uh, from Expo H2O. We had um, uh, Mr. Moses Daly, one of our board members, to show up on the show. Uh, we had some very influential people already this year to be on the show. So we want to continue to, to strive to build the program so we can help more people and build a greater, uh, uh, even a greater financial institution for our people. Very important, very important. And the way to do that is that we have to understand our rights. We have to understand uh, all the legality when it comes to setting up a business. We have to understand uh, uh, what we need to do in certain legal aspects, and that is what this show is all about. Okay, thank you, Dr. McCorvey. Okay, gentlemen uh, and, and, uh, and ladies, I'm going to ask to 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 end uh, my participation today. Uh, but I really appreciate okay. you, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Dr. McCorvey, Mr. Howard, and Erica, your wonderful assistant, um, for everything you've done and allowing me to speak to everybody on your show. And I wish everything, everybody, happiness and health. And call me if you need any help. Okay. Okay. Thank you right. so much. All right. Um, Thank all right. You for, Take care. Coming on bye with bye. you. Okay. All right. Bye. You're welcome. Bye bye. All right. All right, guys. That's a, a good show from uh, great information. Uh, if you guys need an attorney now, I'm, I'm telling you, if y'all need somebody to deal with the uh, foreclosures, uh, defense bankruptcy, debt, defense problem, probate. He's knowledgeable. Um, I've had some referrals from some folks that I didn't know talking about how good he is and what he does for you uh, when you have a needed legal team. Now, he has, like he said before, he got his training operating on the other side, <laughs> taking folks' stuff, you know what I'm saying, getting their stuff that they owe. But now he's on the side of the ones that's in trouble, but not on the side of the ones that's going to get trying to take what you got. So he 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 know, like he said, he know how they operate. He, he know where they're coming from. All right, anybody got any questions? We got uh, 13 more minutes of live uh, streaming time. Anybody got more questions? Now, I want to remind everybody that uh, 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 we got a program coming up here. Uh, uh, let me go to the schedule. Uh, of uh, that's coming up in the next uh, day or two. Uh, uh, today is what? Uh, okay, they, it's coming up Saturday. Uh, it's the National Association of Black Defenders Radio, Yuba City Race Dialogue, call-in conference, just like we're doing here now. This is March the 6th at 11 a.m. in the morning. It's on a Saturday morning. Awesome. Uh, uh, the grass ain't growing yet, but it's getting ready to grow. But you can go out and show right the and get stuff ready. <laughs> Prepare for that grass because it's coming for that 11 o'clock. It's coming. You're going to go awesome. to the grocery store awesome. early, but at 11 o'clock, yes, sir. you need to talk about how that how that man downtown treats you in that store. That's uh, right. What, what do you do? How do you deal with that? What do you say? Do you Absolutely. go up in his face or 
do how you how you deal with race relations? How you deal with that person every time you meet them on the street? They nasty and saying words to you, and you just keep right on walking. What do you do about that? How do you deal with situations like that? Or do you want to handle the situation that's going on in this country right now? There's some white folks in this country talking about attacking the government. They talking about taking your rights away. If They talk about um, civil rights. What's the difference between civil rights and human rights? It's stuff you need to know. We as a black nation of people and black people need to stop sticking our head in the sand talking about, I ain't going to do nothing about it. God give you the brains to act. God does with right. but when he, give you, when he give you common sense to get out of the rain, get out of the rain. Put something on your head. So learn how to do stuff. I'm just being a little bit strong, but you need to tune in uh, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock to the Uber Sutter Race Dialogue call and come. This is awesome. This is powerful. This will be the second show. That we did with them. That's coming up. That's right. Great deal. Great deal. Coming here. All right, go ahead, bro, Mike. Yes, I, I wanted to add to what uh, Mr. Howell was saying is that, you know, we have to get our people in tune. Just like we're in tune on Sunday morning, we need to be in tune for knowing our rights and what's going to protect our people. And, and, and years to come and days to come, you know. So this, this, even if you can, you can take your congregation and say, hey, look, we need, we need to listen to this program right here. This is going to bless our people. Uh, you said it have blessed me already. These are young college students. These are teachers. These are professionals out of California that's on our show uh, almost every other Saturday now. But this Saturday is very important. So we want to get our congregations, we want to get our communities involved in this process. It's about, I want to say, 17 to 20 young people, black and white, Asian, that comes on this show, and they, they, they talk about how we can uh, mend the gap for race relations. This is so important, so important. Everybody in America needs to be listening to this show. Thank you, Bert Howard. All right. Okay, we got uh, nine minutes and 30 seconds of live streaming time left. Uh, anybody else on the call that want to say anything? And we thank everybody for being on. Um, I had Miss uh, Rosalind Penhorn uh, said that she was going to call in. Uh, she had an Alabama number. I, I don't see an Alabama number listed right here now. But uh, uh, I hope I hope that she did tune in and uh, get the opportunity to hear. And here, here's another thing. Now, I've been doing this for a long time, and I have a, a, a tendency that most people believe I'd be, be, be shirking and jiving about what I do here on the radio station. But I'm just as real as a heart attack. I bring you good information. I broadcast good information. I play gospel music, and gospel music won't save you one bit. Gospel music, all gospel music is going to bring you to tears and break you down to a point where you can call out to God who can save you. You can call out Jesus Christ. That's all gospel music going to do. That's why I play gospel music. It gets you to break loose, break that jam loose that got you tied up in a knot. It may be whatever. But we do good things here. Now, my relationship with the National Association of Black Defenders just started this year. We are in a new relationship. And the thing about that is that I'm learning as I go, and they are learning as I go, but I am their mouthpiece. If you want to support 
the National Association of Black Defenders, go to PayPal and enter Dr. Michael McCarvey's name and pay him. Give him something. Now, me so far as me at this radio station, I pay my own bill. I need help, too. But if you want to help me, that's good. If you don't want to help me, that's between you and God. But I'm going to do my part. That was my rant for the day. <laughs> All right. Anybody else got anything? Mr. Howard. You got to hear me. Yeah, go ahead. You coming in kind of, uh, I can't hardly hear you. Yeah, you got hear me. This, oh, this how, about, how about now? Mr. Howard. Hear me now? I'm here. Yes, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I just want to say okay, what I was saying, I just hope everybody enjoyed the program. Oh, yeah, we enjoyed okay. it. I will thank you, buddy. I will thank you, buddy. Amen. Is that somebody? Yeah, I will thank you. Yeah. I can hear somebody talking. Michael, you on 564? Board member. Who is that? That's down, who, who talking? Pastor Howard, our board member. I, I can't hear him. I hear a garble sound. What's his telephone number? Can you hear me now? I was thanking you. Oh, all I can hear, all I can hear okay. You're not is clear. It, you're not clear at all. Tell him what I said before. Tell him what I said. Okay, hold on, hold on one minute. Let me get him clear. Let me get him clear. Pastor Howard. Yes, sir. It's still it's still a little gargle back back there. Let me see, can I bring you in clear? Hold on one one minute, group. Give me one minute. Let's see here. Sounds like a computer talking. Right. Let me let me get 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 him clear and see what I can do to make this happen. Uh out of what I said, they can't hear me. Okay, okay. They tell hold, them hold what on. I said, they can't hear me. <laughs> oh, you can hear me now. I just want to say well, thank you for the hours for all that he's doing and done for the black defenders. Yes. He want okay, to thank I, 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 somebody okay, go ahead. for the National Black Defenders. Okay. Okay. Uh, he, well, it's five minutes and 20 seconds before we go to st- uh, recorded statements to the live stream. Can he call directly to the radio station at, at uh, 347-202-0317? Uh, is it possible for him to call that number? Hello? Oh, I don't Hello? know. I was just... Yeah, I'm trying to, everything, both him and McCarvey, quiet now. I can't hear you. He was saying something. He want to thank you on the behalf of the Black Defender Association. That's what I was gathering. All right, all right. Now, if he he called that number directly, okay, you at 404, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 okay, okay. See, that's why uh, I be telling them to call in because whenever you go, if you don't call the the studio uh, and uh, the people that manage the radio station there in New York, if you don't call them, I don't know if you come in some other kind of way, you're not going to be able to get heard. I don't know what kind of sound that was. 
Yeah. Okay, we're, we're back now. Okay. Awesome. Dr. Howard? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm going to go ahead. Yes, I did. I'm going to go ahead and say it now so everybody can hear me. Uh, we want to thank Dr. Clayton Howard, the uh, Deputy Commissioner of Human Rights for the uh, National Association of Black Defenders. He want to thank you, Mr. Freddie Howard, and Attorney Jacobson for having this broadcast. This broadcast is opening the eyes of uh, black America everywhere and is giving us hope when it comes to our legalities and what we're going through in this day and time. He just, we're just, he, Dr. Howard is so thankful for this broadcast. All right. Amen. Amen. Well, it, so, okay. Dr. Howard, really wanna, uh, can you hear me? Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was asking, can you hear me clear? Yes. Yes, I can hear you very clear. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Let me ask you this: Are you are you on a three-way call, or, or how, how are you coming in now? Because you shouldn't be sounding like a computer talking. You should be real talk, like I'm sounding. How he's on three-way. With... Huh? He's on three-way. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You okay? I got you. I got you. All right. That's why it was sounding like that. But Dr. Howard, thank mm-hmm. you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Quite well. Awesome. Well, we, our, hold on just a minute. I, I, I want to give you when our next uh, human rights, uh, human rights, civil rights uh, live. That's on March the 22nd. Write that date down. March the 22nd at 6 p.m. in the afternoon. I know that may be cutting into your time, but. That's our next conference on human rights versus civil rights. And we've been dealing with human rights versus civil rights for the whole three months of January, February, and March. Awesome. And the last uh, uh, issue dealing with, with human rights versus civil rights, we got the 28th, March the 28th, the 29th, the 30th and the 31st, we got awesome. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. At the end of March, one, two, three, four days in a row to deal with human rights versus civil rights. And, Dr. Howard, you got to make one of them full. Okay. we okay. got 60 seconds. All right. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it, sir. And on that on that particular uh, week of uh, Civil Rights First Conference, we, between you, Dr. Howard, between myself, Michael McCorvey, uh, uh, Erica, we got to line up some guests to talk about human rights versus civil rights. We got to bring them on to, for that last four days because we're going to run it four days in a row. Awesome. Dealing with uh, human rights Brother versus Freddy. civil rights. Yeah. Brother I got an idea, and I want to toss this to the group. Uh, if we can get some of our, I said this, some of our pastors uh, on, on the uh, show for for those days will be great, especially mm-hmm. that the ones that's, that's like uh, Dr. Clayton Howard, that's community-oriented, uh, that's uh, about helping his community and doing things within his community. 
No, that don't mean everybody. <laughs> yeah, because everybody ain't happy. No, All right. right, Dr. McCoy. Yeah, yeah. so we, we want to pull in some pastors and, and, uh, and uh, to this show that's, that's community-oriented and about helping their community. And uh, our, our leader, Dr. Howard, is just one of the people, one of the pastors I know personally that's about helping his people and helping his community. Well, awesome, we, awesome. We, uh, well, well, well uh, Dr. McCorvey, I appreciate uh, the broadcast for today. I, I, I really uh, am ecstatic that Dr. Uh, Howard came on. That was all awesome. And uh, in fact, he had been talking before. He had started talking, and I, I was, I wonder, I wonder where that static is coming from. And I didn't know it was him. But anyway, I'm hoping the next time he'll call directly into the broadcast. That's why we give that them out so they can call it out. Yeah. I will. I will. Okay, that. man. I, I was just out of pocket. All right, Doc, Dr. Howard. I, I, I love it, son. Me and you, had a, we had one right. Wayne Dane do-lover conversation. <laughs> All right. Well, look here. Even though, uh, even though we can't hear you clear, but God can hear you. And he can understand every word that you're saying. Would you mind closing us out with a prayer? Yeah, sure. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, you're pretty good. Our Father Heaven is essentially with everyone telephonically. I just thank you for the accomplishments and the purpose of this great meeting. We do ask you to continue and constantly to forgive us of our sins and faults and all our doing and this world always enter into your ears. And all these great things that we are tempted to do, may we have your anointing upon them, that they may be accomplished greatly. Give us the boldness to speak and to speak your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I really look forward to you talking on the 22nd. And then um, if you can't make the 22nd, you make sure you make one of them days or two of them days from the 28th the 29th, the 30th, and the 31st. Because that's closing out three months of work that we have done dealing with uh, human rights versus civil rights. Absolutely. All right. All right, guys. It's been good. It's been good. It's a blessing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and, and Mike, I'll talk to you Saturday morning. That'll work. Yeah, and, and, and don't get in no race scrapes. And Doug Howard. Y'all be blessed, man. Howard. Yeah, yeah, you be blessed too. I I know you as a preacher don't be getting in no race situation. (laughs) 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 Yeah, them them church folks show no (laughs) rough. Okay, guys. God bless you now. We'll talk to y'all Saturday. <laughs> okay, now. That'll work. All right, bye. No. Bye. Y'all take care. <laughs> all right. That's our show for today. We thank you all for being here with us uh, for uh, the National Association of Black Defenders live live calling conference with law officer Jonathan L. Jacobson, lawyer. Um, and you can reach him at the law office of Jonathan L. Jacobson, LLC office at 561 
or 305-975-4322, the Law Office of Donaldson L. Jacobson, LLC, at 340 Columbia Drive, Suit 111 West, Palm Beach, Florida. All right. We'll see you all next time on House of Gospel, Blog Talk Radio, where we minister to the whole man. We thank you all, and we'll see you next time. Good day. Take care now.